Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30 minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as periodic standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, before I get started today, I want to mention that it's actually the 200th episode of Unsupervised Learning, and I want to thank all of you for supporting the show in whatever way that you have, from actually being a member to just listening or telling your friends about it. Started the show back in 2015 with the goal of making basically what I wish existed at the time, which was really an efficient, low-fluff presentation of curated information with a bit of analysis. And now after four years and 50 episodes per year, that goal remains the same. So absolutely, uh, thanks for being a part of it. And uh, hopefully I'll do a similar update again for episode 300 in around two years. And with that, welcome to episode 200. Starting off with security news, the head of the White House cybersecurity team resigned last week, saying that we're setting ourselves up to be compromised again. They've basically done as much as possible to force people to leave, and it's worked. This is another chapter in my continuing saga of what would Putin want us to do? WWPWUTD. Asking that question is remarkably illuminating for actions like siding with Russia over our IC services about election hacking, lobbying to get Russia back into the global conversation table, basically the G7, saying that the annexing of Crimea was justified, pulling out of the Russian no-fly treaty, and pulling out of Syria, etc. All these decisions from our president make a whole lot more sense when you realize that they're exactly what Russia would want us to do. We basically have a president who is literally making policy decision after policy decision that directly help our longest lasting and most dangerous adversary. It's absolutely surreal to be living in the exact moment that books and movies will be written about for decades or maybe even centuries in the future, i.e. where the head of the FSB manipulates and or blackmails a U.S. president into destroying the integrity of the United States. All right. That was a bit heavy for the first story. Next one here. A California man is suing AT&T because he lost $1.8 million from an SMS 2FA protected crypto exchange due to simjacking. Scary part here is that it was bribery of internal employees and not just social engineering. So the thief paid the AT&T employee to swap the number. And it turns out that he and another employee had dozens of these in that same month. I think we seriously need a SIM freeze the way we have a credit card freeze or a credit freeze where you can only do a swap in person with some strong form of ID. A group called Shadowkill Hackers have sent a message to Johannesburg, South Africa, saying that they own all of their servers, data, and they have control over the city and they're demanding four Bitcoins, which is like 30 grand, I think, right now. So it's basically like ransomware, but without encryption and for a whole city. And we'll find out how serious things actually are on October 28th, oh, which is today, at 5 p.m. local time, which might, have, might be getting close, actually. 
A U.S. Army report commissioned by the Pentagon has found that a combination of global starvation, drought, and disease could overwhelm our power systems and collapse the U.S. military within a couple of decades. Sounded pretty far-fetched, actually. When I first read the headline, it sounded just like clickbait or whatever. But then you see the people writing for it were the Army, the DIA, and the NSA. And their basic argument is that power structure, you know, our infrastructure is fragile already. And increasingly extreme heat and cold will stress it to the point of breaking. And uh, whenever I read this stuff, I just want to buy like a big chunk of land like Montana next to a river. Uh, it appears the head of ISIS, Baghdadi, was killed in a U.S. special operations raid. Evidently, he killed himself while being pursued. AWS was the target of a major DDoS attack that affected its Route 53 DNS service on Wednesday. lasted for around eight hours, and because it was DNS, some customers had issues with name resolution, and therefore uptime. The Pentagon picked Microsoft over Amazon for the Jedi cloud contract, which was a major upset. And it looks like this might have been based on what investors call picking the team versus picking the technology, since Microsoft has been getting really close with the Pentagon in recent months and years. Russia is testing its ability to function using only its internal only RuNet if it were to be disconnected from the internet. This is useful for both being knocked off accidentally, or as part of some sort of external attack, or even if they did it to themselves for whatever reason. The New York Times eliminated Runa Sandvik's position designed to defend the newsroom and journalistic security at the paper, saying they didn't have a need for it. How could one of the best newspapers in the world ignore threats against manipulation of our most trusted sources of information? or to the sources that provide that information at extreme risk to themselves. It's unbelievable. Advisories. There's a PHP 7 RCE on Nginx. Breaches. Adobe Cloud, 7.5 million exposed via Elasticsearch. And companies. BugCrowd launches attack surface management. So congratulations to Casey and the crew for that launch. Technology news, Square has enabled free stock trades using the Cash app, and it even lets you purchase fractional stocks for as little as $1. GitHub is starting a program where you can sponsor your favorite developers with a monthly subscription. I love this because I'm all about direct support models for creators. And my first sponsorship is going to my fellow recon nerd, Tom Nom Nom, because he creates great tools, he's into Vim, and he's overall just a nice guy. And also because the sponsorship levels are 1, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, and 512. So um, thanks, Tom Nom Nom, for all your recon tools. Um, I love the fact that you're using Go for them because concurrency is always such an issue for recon. And uh, enjoy the sub. Bank of America says it saved $2 billion a year by building its own cloud. Lime will lose more than $300 million this year. And Uber continues to lose money as well and has just laid off around 1,000 employees. Really kind of wonder how long investors are going to go for this big losses now will mean owning the market in the future pitch because it doesn't seem to be working out for a lot of people. 
SpaceX is trying to get authorization to launch another 30,000 Starlink satellites, which is on top of the 12,000 already approved. And Starlink is SpaceX's plan for providing satellite-based internet to the world. Twitter stock is way down after its earnings continue to show monetization problems. And companies. Aviatrix raises $40 million Series C for its public cloud networking business. Human news. Chile is in chaos from the evergreen conflict of people rebelling against government-backed inequality. The country erupted into riots a couple weeks back after the government implemented just a random additional fee on transportation, which is basically kind of a, a final straw type situation. I think this is exactly what's going to happen in the U.S. at some point if we don't figure out a sane way to handle income and wealth inequality. And currently, the solutions from both the left and the right are extremes that are either impossible or would actually make things worse. Interestingly, the recent movie Joker, uh, beyond being about you know violence or whatever, it, it had this undercurrent of unrest around inequality. I mean, that was the backdrop for the whole thing is this, you know, you have, you have Wayne, you have Batman, who's like super rich, and you have the people in the, on the streets who are suffering, right? And of course... Joker, Joker becomes their champion. Hopefully not too much of a spoiler. But um, there have been multiple people actually dressing like Joker and wearing red noses and doing a whole bunch of that in the Chilean protests and actually all over the world because um, there's multiple similar protests going on right now. I think we should really listen to Thomas Piketty's warning that income inequality naturally grows over time. Like, Equality is not the natural state. Inequality is the natural state. And it doesn't mean we have to, you know, subscribe to the naturalistic fallacy there, but that that is what happens. And what he found was that the only thing that brings it back down to a more equal state is war, disease, and famine. Right? So if we can't find another option, it's going to be one of those three. This is from 2018, but a reader passed it on to me, and I think it has to be the best, most balanced view of key issues dividing us that I've ever seen. It's called The Hidden Tribes Project, and you really want to check it out. It's got some great visualizations about um, basically the parties and, and how they break down, how you have like an entire center that is kind of disengaged, and you have like these really militant wings on the, on the left and right. There are now private companies offering firefighting services to wealthy individuals and insurance companies, and they charge around $3,000 a day. And business is good right now in California. McKinsey thinks that half of the world banks are too weak to survive the next economic downturn. Ideas, trends, and analysis. My friend Nick argues that hiring more security people is not the solution to InfoSec and that we should instead be building winning systems that can be used by novices. It's a really, really good essay. Absolutely agree with him. I do think we need to solve the, the hiring issue with you know, cybersecurity infosec, but um, I don't think that is the solution because there just aren't enough people. A Pessimist Guide to 2028. This is a Bloomberg piece, which I didn't realize until after I already started reading it. Um, Anyway, it was pretty cool. It's good visually. It's got some cool ideas in it. You should check it out. And Steve Wozniak has given up on level five autonomous vehicles. He's not sure we're going to see them 
really in his lifetime is what is what he's saying. Updates. So I just finished The Age of Surveillance Capitalism by Shoshana Zuboff and Little Brother by Cory Doctorow, and they were both excellent. Hope to do a review on them soon, but I'd put the surveillance book at a nine out of 10. Honestly, like one of the best books I've read in a long time. And I put the novel at about seven out of 10, which I also thought was really good. I think The Age of Surveillance Capitalism is the best book on privacy I've ever read. And I cannot recommend it enough, honestly. I think it should be required reading for anyone working in technology and definitely anyone working in security. Continue to meditate daily for a month-long challenge, and it's going well. And I'm now sure that my favorite meditation app is Waking Up by Sam Harris. Really prefer his approach to the practice because it's structured and thoughtful. You know, it, you could tell it's designed and, and cohesive, as opposed to being a massive collection of different people's often conflicting ideas. I think Sam simply has the best explanation of what meditation is and how, how you should think about it. And I just started reading The Birth of Plenty by William Bernstein because I finished those other two books. And this month isn't just my 200th show. It's also my 20th year blogging, 1999 to 2019. Discovery. Allbirds socks are my favorite socks. And um, it's kind of a tie with Alan Edmonds. Alan Edmonds socks are also really good. Very stretchy, durable, comfortable. I uh, think Canary has been one of my favorite security products for like forever. And to me, it's the perfect tool when your asset management, detection, incident response capabilities are not where they need to be. And you absolutely need high signal and low noise. And I just bought a charger yesterday. The Mophie 3-in-1 charging pad is my new top recommendation for a bedside charger. The folks at Portswigger, which are the creators of Burp Suite, just created a subreddit called R Web Security Research. And uh, it's basically super technical research stuff around AppSec, but specifically web hacking. So that's awesome. Assessment Mindset is a security assessment mini map for pen tests, bounties, and red team assessments. Mockaroo is a site that lets you create mock CSV, JSON, SQL, and Excel data for testing. How to get started with FIDO2 and WebAuthN security keys. A one-page dungeon creator. How to look and sound confident when you present. The attack cloud matrix. The attack matrix for cloud-based attacks. Mental models, thinking tools you should keep handy throughout your life. Someone named Gwendol points out that finding domains in Recon is far more important than finding subdomains, and got some code here for that. And the U.S. Constitution on GitHub with a history of changes. Recommendations. The Age of Surveillance Capitalism. Again, should be required reading for anyone in tech and definitely anyone in security. Can't say this enough. The Age of Surveillance Capitalism. Best book on privacy I've ever read. And the aphorism for the week, mimicking the herd invites regression to the man. Mimicking the herd invites regression to the man. Charlie Munger.
I believe ads are not just annoying, but that their incentive structure can malign the content creation process. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter every week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here. And they also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmiesler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already a member. I truly appreciate each of you. We'll see you next time.